Uh, Mr. Haynes, I want to get into your career a little bit, uh, an amazing career. And I, I think when you look at the, the, you know, the era that you played in from 1976 coming into the league and, uh, and staying until 1989, you saw the evolution of a game that probably few other cornerbacks in history can really say they did. I mean, you know, in 76, you're dealing with the end of the Steelers dynasty, uh, kind of more of a, a power approach to the game, kind of getting into the, the passing game a little further. Um, in the middle of your career, the, the Bill Walsh era had, had sort of taken hold, and by the time you're on your way out, um, the league had j- definitely shifted to more of a, a passing focus. How were you able to not only stay viable through all those changes when every rule seemed to benefit the offense, but be successful and be the you know a Hall of Fame player? Well, I just blessed, I guess. I mean, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, the rule changes have just changed the game so much. A lot of people are not aware of the importance of the rules uh, and and how they affect the game. So. There was a time when the hashes were wider, and when the hash marks were wider, it was very rare that a running back would rush for 1,000 yards. Uh, and so the, and, um, Floyd Little of the, of the Denver Broncos, I just recently had a conversation with him about this, and, and he shares his story of that he was the 13th running back in the NFL to rush for 1,000 yards in a season. It was a huge, huge milestone. Today, it's not a huge milestone. Now, it's almost commonplace for a guy to rush for 1,000 yards as a running back. And so that, that created a huge difference in the, in the running game. Then later, they changed the rules for passing uh, and, and made it more wide open, made it tougher for uh, defensive backs to cover wide receivers and uh, made it a better situation for quarterbacks to throw the ball even when it appeared that the receiver was covered because as long as the defensive back is not looking back for the ball, there's going to be a penalty as the flag thrown. So it encourages the ball to be in the air and the rule changes. Uh, and so it really is tough to play in the secondary. It's tough to be a defensive player today, more, much more so in the, in the 70s. Um, so, yeah, those, so you're right. No, no, so you're right. Um, 1972, that's when the hash marks got moved. That was one of the things I was going to ask you about. I've always been fascinated by the fact that nobody ever talks about that. You know, that was a huge turning point in the evolution of the game, particularly on the offensive side. Um, and, and I just wonder, what was the last, in your estimation, what was the last benefit that the defensive side of the ball ever got from the league and any of these rule changes? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they even take the defense in, into consideration when they make the rule changes. They take you guys, the fans. <laughs> you, know, you guys are the ones that they're, they're considering. It's like, well, how can we make our game more exciting? Like, you know, how many fans love a 7-3 to three football game? You know? Oh, man. You I'm know? an old schooler. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I am, too. I am, too, because I know how important that is. And I also, you know, I feel the, um, the anxiety, the anxiety and the, um, the energy in those 7-3 to three battles. Um, right. But, you know, today, if, if the team can't score 21, 28 points, something's wrong with that offense. You know, the coach, is, right. co- coach may be, uh, his job may be in jeopardy. And so... <laughs> So anyway, it's, it's a different game, but I still love the game. It hasn't taken away from um, you know, my love for the game. The game used to be, I say this, we, said, we talked about this last night, um, a violent game. You know, right. when, when head slapping was legal, when you were really trying to hurt your opponent, those days are gone. 
they are gone, and I, and I don't think they will ever come back, and I think for good reason they're gone. So, um, so from a fan standpoint, um, the game is a better game. It's much more fun to watch. And from a player standpoint, you know, hopefully players will be able to play a long time and don't have to worry about any uh, health issues from, play, you know, from playing the game in their uh, old age. Right. Well, I, you know, I obviously wasn't out there on the field in those head-slapping days you mentioned, but I absolutely love those, those eras, or that era, I should say. And I guess one question I've always had about that era is it was as much a fight as it was football. How were you able to maintain focus, and what's your thought process like in a scenario like that where it almost seemingly benefited guys who maybe weren't thinking in, it in higher terms, you know, that were making it into just a brutal combat sport versus all the intricacies of the position you played? Well, I don't know. I, I actually think that when I first came in the league, I, I was a brutal football player. You know, I, I, um, I was actually trying to hurt my opponent. Uh, but, you know, when uh, one of my teammates, a guy named Daryl Stingley, was, uh, um, was paralyzed in a hit against, um, you know, made by Jack Tatum in a, in a, in a game against the Raiders, um, it kind of changed my life. I, I realized that could have been me that made the hit on Daryl Stingley. You know, and, and I almost retired because I realized that that is not what I should be trying to do. And I had, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to hurt my opponent. I wanted to hurt him. Uh, and so I didn't know how to play football without thinking that way. Um, but I was able to do it at, at that time in my life. I went through a lot of different changes. And a lot of guys called me because they knew I was thinking about retiring because of this. Uh, and that changed my life. They said, no, Mike, hit us hard. Just help us up. You know, and so it kind of changed my mindset. But they had no idea how I'd sit in the locker room and just sit there and sit there and get myself psyched up to go out there to be this mean son of a gun that was going to hit hard and try and hurt people. And how do I now? What do I do now in the locker room? What do I? How do I psych myself? What am I psyching myself up for? So um, the game is now changing, though, and so it's now a a collision sport. It's not a violent sport, and I think that's the biggest difference. And I, I hope that. Fans still appreciate the sport. I know I do. I've not fallen off from my love, my love of the sport, uh, even though it's made this switch from being a violent game to a collision game. Well, and a couple years later, after the Stingley hit, you actually get traded to the Raiders, and that 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 era of Raider team was tough. I mean, you had guys up front like Howie Long, Lyle Alzado. Um, obviously, you guys in the secondary. It was built on on brutality in a lot of ways, wasn't it? What was that? Well, not like brutality. Not brutality. It was it was built on intimidation. Mm -hmm. So we intimidated our opponents. First of all, we had a bunch of tall defensive backs. Every single defensive back was at least six one. You know, uh, all of us weighed at least two hundred pounds. Uh, so we were the biggest secondary, the fastest secondary. Uh, we had a defensive uh, coordinator named Charlie Sumner who loved to play offense on defense. He went after people. On third and 18 situations, he called an all-out blitz. If the, quarterback, if the quarterback didn't get the ball off, uh, I mean, if he got the ball off and one of the defensive backs slipped and fell, that guy catches the ball, he could go 80 yards for a touchdown or 50 yards for a touchdown. But he didn't care. It was, just, it was about this intimidation factor. You can't play, they don't allow you to play football like that anymore. A player cannot intimidate another player. We used to intimidate the referees. I dare you to call it. I dare you to call a penalty on me. You know, um, uh, Lyle Alzado, I'm, I'll never forget this. A, a referee said, Alzado, I saw that. You know, he, he hit a guy, you know, punched a guy. Said, Alzado, I saw that. I see that again. I'm throwing you out of here. And he said, you don't have the balls to throw me out of here. 
you know, and he didn't get thrown out, you know. So, so, so you can't do that anymore. Now the league is, uh, has changed completely, and I think it's a better league because of these changes. And uh, and now character is a plays a much more of an important role in the sport, even in college football. And I think those are all good changes for our sport. And then helpful, hopefully, you know, that good character will roll into our communities as well. Um, and so it's all good. I, I, I can't say I'm upset about any of the changes that have happened. Um, at the conclusion of the 83 season, you guys, the Raiders won the Super Bowl in 1984. Was that the high point of your career, having an interception in that game? And did it feel like the culmination, or was there something else? Well, um, it, was, it was a high point of my career. I didn't know it at the time, unfortunately. You know, only when I look back in retrospect, I realized, and even getting the interception in the Super Bowl, uh, only in retrospect did I realize how big that was. At the time, it was a, it was a, a big game in my life. I thought I would play in several more Super Bowls because that was what motivated me to work so hard every year in the offseason. Um, but, um, but it was one of the best things and great, greatest experiences I've ever had. Um, why hasn't Tom Flores gotten the recognition he deserves as a two-time Super Bowl champ? I, I really don't know the answer. Um, you know, I, I, I do this uh, radio show where, uh, with the Hall of Fame on Sirius Radio, and we talk about you know, different guys whose names keep coming up, like Tom Flores, like why isn't Tom in? Why isn't Lester in the Hall of Fame? Uh, and um, there's really no real justification. He had a Hall of Fame career, uh, and, and, and as, as we start off this segment about you know, talking about different changes, the game has kind of changed. Things have changed. And so sometimes, um, you know, we're not comparing apples to apples. Uh, like, yeah, he won two Super Bowls. Madden only won one Super Bowl. You know, shouldn't he go in because of that? Well, there might be other things that I'm not aware of, uh, the fans aren't aware of, and so uh, we're not, we're, we may not really know for sure. You know, maybe the, the Madden game had something to do with John Madden going in the Hall of Fame because of his contribution to the sport. Uh, and so we, don't, we just never know. Um, but I'd love to see Tom Flores in as, as well as a lot of other good players. Absolutely. Guys, I don't want to take up the morning. I could talk your ear off, Mr. Haynes. I want to get into James Lofton and about a million other things, but I won't. Um, what's the URL? What website can guys go to um, to, to get more information? Well, the best website is knowyourstats.org. And um, I appreciate your comments and, and, and uh, the questions you were asking. And maybe next time we'll have a little bit more time. Would love it. It was a great era, and I, uh, I just appreciate you. are a great player. Thank you so much for the time today. Mr. Lowentritt, thanks for your insight as well. Thank you for having me. Take care, guys. All right, thanks.